0: Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Trader TraderCobb Crypto Show. It's an absolute pleasure to have the one and only Naomi Brockwell on the show today. What we've got with Naomi is a bit of a different background. It's um, film TV. She's an actress. She's a producer. Uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff she's involved with because many, especially in the US, will be very familiar with some of her works. But also, Naomi has been rated within Australia as one of the top 10 influencers in the space. It's amazing to see and have such a wonderful talent on the show. Thank you so much, Naomi, for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great. Well, look, I've done your bio or your introduction absolutely no justice whatsoever. So I'm going to hand over to you. You want to tell us a little bit about where you're at, what you do and how you do it?
1: Sure thing. Um, so I'm I'm a TV producer. I, I produce for John Stossel, who's a big journalist in, in America. He's won like 19 Emmys. Australians haven't heard of him. He uh, never made it over here, but he's uh, he's been an amazing mentor for me. Um, And then I'm producing a TV show at the moment. We can talk about that later. And uh, I emcee a lot of conferences. So at the moment, I'm emceeing about... Oh gosh, upwards of twenty conferences a year in the blockchain space. So it's been really exciting for me just to be going from country to country, you know, a couple of countries every month, and just seeing at the ground level what's going on in the space in all of these different places. Because it really does change depending on the jurisdiction, depending on you know how the country treats the the technology and how it's decided to legislate the technology. So it's been an amazing ride for me just to be able to be there and uh, hear from. Not only the regulators, but but the people in the space who are actually working with these uh, these regulators, trying to figure things out. So it's yeah, it's been a blast.
0: It's become super rock and roll, hasn't it?
1: Well, I think for some people it has. Um, you know, especially like depending on where the price is, you could definitely t- tell a different feel at the the conferences. One day they're like, oh my gosh, you have a coin and you have a coin and you get a coin, and then the next time it'll be like, oh this space, we've got to keep fighting and I don't know if we'll make it. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of funny. I actually, so I, I first started emceeing uh, for a conference that was at the time called Coin Congress. Uh, now it's called D10E. And in 2015, and I remember at the time, Bitcoin had reached a 1000 And then it had crashed to like 200, been sitting there for like a year. And everyone was really morose because everyone in the space had been like, Oh my God, this is the greatest. It's only ever going up. And, um, and then when it crashed, you got all of the very superficial people who were in there just to make a quick buck, it kind of left. So we had this conference at this time when there were really only the core people who were, who really believed in it left. And, uh, it was kind of nice. I remember chatting to Brock Pierce, who was running the, the conference and just saying like, it's actually, you know, although the price is down, it's actually really nice to have this group of people who we know is still here because they just believe in it so much you know and and then you know fast forward three years and and it's up to what nine thousand the moment u s dollars so um definitely, yeah the mood definitely changes depending on where the price is at, but um it's always great regardless.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, we talk about a lot on this show and uh, with my members and clients and whatnot about the how emotional this space is. Uh, it's completely oh, yeah. emotional. It's completely irrational. It doesn't really mean. Well, why did that price go up? I don't know. It just did, uh, and that's why we're well placed as traders. But I mean, look, talking about the evolution of the market, the space, the people, the humans that are in there. Obviously, we've we've developed quite away from the very early days. Now, you've been in the space since was it two thousand and thirteen,
1: Naomi? Yeah. So I start, first started making videos about Bitcoin two thousand and thirteen.
0: Yes. Okay. So from your point of view, and I mean, thanks for the insight, insight into, I mean, you're traveling around the world, um, essentially talking blockchain, talking Bitcoin, talking to the pioneers, the regulators, the, the who's who of the space. And I'm assuming you're probably uh, heading up the panels and uh, introducing these people to the stages. So you've got a little bit more closeness to some of the big players in the space. How are you seeing in the last, where are we now? Jeez, 2013. Oh my God. That feels like it was yesterday, but it's not. I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> we all allowed, don't <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you seen it evolving from, from back when you first started doing your videos to where we are sitting present day?
1: Right. Well, I mean, back in the day, I, I know Jason King uh, from Academy and from unsung.org he had this really great quote when I interviewed him saying that, you know, when he was involved in Bitcoin, it, when he was involved in blockchain, it was just called Bitcoin because that's all we had. <laughs> and that's basically, you know, we had Bitcoin and um, we knew it was based on blockchain tech, but people just referred to it as Bitcoin. But now yeah. what you see is that tech being applied to all kinds of different industries, and that's really fascinating. And I also see the evolution of the people involved. So it really started out as um, very ideological folk um, um, mainly libertarian, who wanted to make the world a more free place. And um, it's interesting now, a lot of people in the space are, are in it for different reasons, but the wonderful thing is, is they're applying this very freedom-creating technology to all different industries. Whether they believe in it or they come from the same place or not, they're still using this tech that really does decentralise and take away sexual focal points, take away the ability to for things to be manipulated, gives data back to you know the power of of data back to the people like they're applying this technology to all kind of different industries and i think that that is amazing and uh it makes me very excited about the future to be honest
0: yeah, me too look that's one of the things I'm passionate about I mean look, the one one interesting point because you're, you're a um, you've been in the space a lot longer than I have and uh, look one of the things you said about you know back then it was Bitcoin and we're still seeing you know what what I see is a hangover uh, what others see is you know a different thing I mean the hangover being that you know Bitcoin was just Bitcoin blockchain was Bitcoin that was what it is and what we're seeing these days is a lot of people that are sort of going oh that, that block that Bitcoin thing oh that's a fraud you only still <laughs> it's kind of like shut your up
1: yeah, I like, like, it's like the stupidest it. thing I've ever heard. When people are like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't like Bitcoin, but I'm really interested in blockchain." It's like, but Bitcoin is blockchain. It was it's like, blockchain. like saying, "It's like blockchain. saying I
0: don't like my grandparents. <laughs> like they've done nothing for me. Well, your grandparents gave birth to your parents or your mother, who <laughs> then gave birth to you. So without Bitcoin, you don't exist." in a very strange text sort of way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty funny when, when people say that. It makes me giggle.
0: <laughs> but that, that, I think the hangover that I was referring to is, is coming back to the fact that, you know, there is that connotation with the fraud. P- people, people, and rightly so, look, I'm an investor in this space. I'm obviously a presenter in this space, an influencer, whatever you want to call it, but I came to the space as an investor, okay? I, I wasn't expecting to come and do what I've done in other areas of the business, but a- as an investor, I was really interested in, in a lot of different aspects to it. I to bring it forward like for example i spoke to my dad i said dad listen you know dad dad's got dad's done well he's, he's successful too i said look you know you've got to uh you've got to get involved in this bitcoin thing he's like ah no, nah, not really for me. So look, Dad, I've got to tell you this because I'm going to do extraordinarily well from this over the next decade, and I need to show you now so that you don't turn around and say to me, why didn't you tell me about this? Now, I said to Dad, I'd manage your portfolio. I'll do the whole thing for you. But, you know, he's retiring now, and he's like, look, I don't really need the headache of that. That's cool. But what a lot of people are doing in that generation, not just that generation, but younger generations too, because I've got friends that work in investment banks so that are still sitting there going, ha, 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 you fool. I yeah, um, no, am like-, like, dude, like, this is, a, this is really, really, important. It, it's a it's a position where you know people can bury their heads in the sand and know nothing about it. And I think that Bitcoin and blockchain uh, association is part of that hangover. And people just go, oh, it's it's a fraud. It won't work. They're not willing to look any further. They're happy to find a reason not to invest, and that's okay. But find a good
1: reason. Yeah, and I think that that narrative is coming from two different places as well. One of the places is, well, new things are inherently scary, right? If you don't understand something, then you're going to be wary, you're going to be standoffish. Some people are going to dig their heels in and say, well, no, it's not for me. It's you know, scary. I don't understand it. Doesn't make sense. Other people are going to respond to that by saying, oh, that's exciting. Some of the smartest people in the world are involved with that and endorse it. I want to yeah. learn more about it. You know, what am I missing? If I don't, if I don't get it, if I don't like it, what am I missing that these people are getting? The, the other Side of things is that, um, you know, the media, the narrative from the media has been consistent. You know, right from the start, they're saying, well, the crypto space, it's only um, like geeks and and, yeah. and people, it's nothing, it's play money, it's magic internet money. But then it was, oh, well, this is being used by um, all the drug users. So if you use Bitcoin, you're a druggie, um, yep. you're a criminal, you're probably doing a lot of money laundering. I remember going on, um, on television about three years ago where I had this debate with this regulator where he was basically telling me that Bitcoin should be shut down because... It, it's just a tool for money launderers. And I had to try and explain to him the utility of this amazing new tech. And, you know, if you want to shut down money laundering, why don't shut down the US dollar? <laughs> More money gets laundered through the USD Correct. than anything else, regardless of the conveniences of having a digital currency like mm. like Bitcoin, an international currency like Bitcoin. It's still being done with USD. So what does that tell you? Um, and so the fact is, I mean, the media has just pounced on this narrative of, oh, well, this is dangerous and don't get involved. Every time it tanks all of the journalists out there, all the mainstream journalists basically scoff and say, ha, ha we told you so. And then every time it spikes, they tell you, oh, well, this is a bubble, this isn't going to last, this is, you know, this is all make-believe, um, and it's filled with scam artists, and it's built on on a house of cards and a house of lies, basically. So, like like know, is, we're, yeah. yeah, we're not getting a lot of support from people out there, and I wonder w- whether it's because journalists, are, uh, you know, basically being t- dictated to by governments who are very threatened, by this tech and by banks who are very threatened by this tech, or maybe they just haven't done their due diligence and looked into it, you know. And that that makes me that makes me sad. as
0: <laughs> it, Well, while we're on that topic, I mean, we, we need to we need to also have another look at you know open pull back another curtain on that one. Yes, the media can and does, for the most part, have stupid stories. I mean, um, you know, for example, there was a there was a story a little while back that was about um you know some some person some real estate agent and good on this guy like he, he was obviously new to being a real estate agent. He obviously, you know, hadn't purchased himself a nice suit just yet but he had a wonderful wonderful uh marketing ploy which was to try and sell this crappy little two-bedroom or three-bedroom house that was falling apart in bankstown with bitcoin now he got him on the news and he probably sold the bloody house because it was it was a nice little you know something interesting right um but a lot of the time and this is one of, one of the things that why i like having people like yourself on this show is that I, we're not idiots um we're we're not we're not you know on twitter swearing we're not we're not sexist we're not we're not Putting people down. We're not pump and dumping. We're not talking rubbish. We're not writing songs about Lambos going to the moon, like some of the biggest influences in this space. Well, and I actually, not piss I didn't know that taking. was
1: that last one. I, uh, As a piss rather...
0: take, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but these people are serious.
1: <laughs> I know so
0: you've like... got a song. I know you've got a song. I'm not doing it. Done. <laughs> I
1: got. I got some of the cheesiest songs out there. I will claim that title.
0: Yeah, that's cool <laughs> though. But you're, you're doing it to be a cheesy person. You're not doing yeah. it because you're trying to become a rapper. Right. Um, but what I'm getting at is the, the immaturity in the space does reflect badly on the space. And you know what, we're giving the media a lot of ammunition to make us look stupid. You get good voices out there. Like for example, you just described your debate uh, on a television channel with uh, a regulator who clearly has no idea about what blockchain is about and just wants to bring everything that he doesn't understand as a fraud. Yeah. Uh, we saw something very similar recently in the Senate in the US with the inquiry against Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. I mean, the questions, how do you make revenue if it's a free service? And he looked at it and said, <laughs> Through advertising, sir. Like, I mean, this shows you the sort of intellect we're dealing with. Yeah. There are dinosaurs out there that have not become extinct. They will be, but these are the people that are running these media companies, and for many, these are, these can be the anchors on these shows. So, we and these we are do also the people who.
1: Yeah, these are also the people who are in government setting the regulation. I mean, you have Lorsky, who was running the commission when when we were having the, the the hearings in New York for the Bit license. He was the one who said, you know, I would rather shut down something that allows a thousand flowers to bloom if we just get one bad guy. So he single handedly drove all. Old- Bitcoin tech yeah. or blockchain tech out of New York with this stupid bit license that destroyed innovation there. Yep. And what happened is just this revolving door. He walked straight onto the board of Ripple, you know, and, and that yeah. sort of thing, it, it just is so, um, it makes me so angry because you have these regulators who are vociferously in favor or against some certain regulation and, um, and they don't understand it. And once they do understand it, oh yeah, okay, I'm on board, and I'm I'm happy to to profit. And
0: from they're this. an expert, yeah.
1: Absolutely, it's yeah. uh, it's. Bitcoin's crazy.
0: bad, 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 bad until I've been asked to be an advisor for a million dollars. Bitcoin's amazing. It's yeah. so much. It's wild. Well- yeah. yeah. Oh, hurrah for Bitcoin. Hang on, <laughs> didn't you say two weeks ago I was a fraud? Oh, yeah, but that was me two weeks ago. I'm a new skin now.
1: Right, so, exactly. Well, that, exactly. That
0: brings us into a, a pretty good ch- subject that uh, I cover whenever I've got a guest that I think is worthwhile covering it with, and that's regulation because, I mean, look, while well, we don't have regulation, that is the easiest one for the media to get on and perceive us as being fraudulent because they go, well, there's no regulation, so therefore it must mean that it's all a bunch of frauds and a bunch of idiots and uh, cowboy land. Now, with regulation comes responsibility, comes a rule book, comes a set of guidelines that both projects and people like us can actually follow and stick to. And I think that, that really is going to pave the way for a huge growth in the space, not just from projects coming in, investment banks, hedge funds, this sort of thing, because we are seeing it trickle in now, especially with Goldman Sachs just announcing that they've got a um, head of blockchain research or whatever it is it's starting to creep in, for that momentum started, but, but more so arming, like taking away some of the ammunition uh, from the uh, the media. And as the big boys and girls get on board in the high end of town, the media will change. The perception will change. And I think that um, regulation is going to play a big part in that. Now, you've been at a lot of these events, speaking with a lot of these people. Where do you think we are at with it and how far away do you think we might be from having some sort of sound regulation? <laughs>
1: Well, that might be an oxymoron there, Uh, coming from my philosophical background. um, I I would quote Ron Paul in this. So, when I interviewed Ron Paul and said, listen, what advice would you give to people in the blockchain space? Uh, We've got a huge battle coming up because you have this incredible freedom giving technology um, and proponents of it who are going to be coming up against government officials who don't want to lose power. And Bitcoin literally takes away from governments, You know, these elites who are making rules for the rest of us. And I said, what advice would you give to these people who have this huge battle ahead of them and he said do not yield do not um give way to government and they're going to try and tell you well you just need a little bit of government you just need a little bit of rules so people feel safe and they know that it's regulated <laughs> and all of this and he said don't do it because you start off with a tiny little bit and then it just grows and grows and grows and uh and then they're just involved with with everything and uh, and I completely agree with that. You know, Bitcoin was created as something uh, that didn't need to be regulated. And I think people should get involved with space knowing that it's not regulated. And when it comes down to it, Bitcoin can't be regulated. You know, uh, it, there's nothing that the government can do to stop me giving money buy Bitcoin directly to someone else over the other side of the world. They can't stop it. you know. They can try and shut down the internet, but that's really the best they can do. They can shut down central companies. They can t- shut down a lot of these intermediaries, but they can't shut down any of the decentralized companies. So people have to realize that if they're going to get involved with this space, they are taking a risk. They have to you know, uh, have in, take, it, 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 assume individual responsibility for their actions. They have to do their due diligence. Yes, they'll probably lose money. I've lost money in, in a whole bunch of scams in this space it's made me become stronger and smarter every single time it happened and i never put in anything more than i'm willing to lose you know and i think people will just have to to realize that going in i think what we are going to see though is a bunch of governments who pretend to be on the right side of this and who come in and say well we're going to create a good landscape for this but ultimately Bitcoin poses a huge threat to government monopolies of the money supply. You know, it takes away their, power, um, the ability to leverage their power. It takes away, you know, the ability for taxation. It takes away, away their ability for all kinds of things. Are they going to just lie down and say, well, we're going to be very open to this tech and allow it to come in and to bloom? No, I don't see that happening. You know, mm. even the best governments around the world who are saying the nicest thing, yeah, they may be the best places to create a centralized, um, You know, blockchain company. If you're creating some sort of third party built on on blockchain infrastructure, sure, there may be better places than others. There there definitely are better places than others out there. The clear winner hasn't really emerged yet. Um, But I just don't think that any place is going to be welcoming this tech with open arms because it does give so much power back to the people and away from these um, these officials.
0: Okay, so let's roll with that for a bit. Like, I hear where you're coming from. I look, I I look at both sides of this. I, I'm I'm an investor. I'm I'm very open to this making the world a better place for sure. I'm I'm a responsible investor, and I try and make decisions not just based completely on capital gain, uh, but also on doing the right thing. I always have done, always will do. So, I mean, I speak to a lot of different people and get a lot of different capitalism viewpoints, and also other sides of the coin. I mean, the question is: here's my concern, right? Regulation, yeah, I hear where you're coming from. You you bring up some very, very valid points there. Regulation, to me, is is really important for one reason. It's more important to stop people getting hurt. Now, human nature, we are emotional, we make mistakes, and there's an acronym that I've learned recently called FOMO that we do get sucked into. Now, what I'm concerned about is people out there going and making stupid decisions. Now, it's very easy for us to sit here and say, people need to know better. People need to understand. People need to be educated. People need to learn. But you know they won't. So how do we – regulation for me is, is looking at how can we stop people setting up an ICO, for example, you know, make, telling a wonderful story and then just being absolutely fleeced and disappearing with the money. Like, oh, investing in a project that hits an exchange and then doesn't work, fine. That is um, – that, that's, that's just life. That, that happens. It's up to – you know, that's an investment that did not work. But people that are blatantly – blatantly ripping people off. This is what gets my goat. How, is there any chat about this, how can we save these people other than us just sort of sitting back and going, they should know better?
1: Well, that's exactly the point, right? Like, I agree. I have so much, you know, sympathy for these these people who do put in money and I, I always am trying to talk people out of making stupid decisions, you know. I consider it my responsibility as someone in the space who knows more than others yeah. um, to, to help educate people that I know. But yeah. the, the thing is that, like, how is government going to stop those scams, you know? How do they know the difference? I mean, they're not experts in this field. Yeah, they've got advisors around them, but advisors are basically lobbyists, people who are paying a lot of money for the chance to speak in a politician's ear, you know, that stuff gets corrupted yeah. all the time. We look at the subsidies that are given to certain industries and companies that have just been blatant ripoffs. And yeah. that's been government supported. You know, the same thing happens in um, in the health industry. The same thing happens uh, in pharmaceuticals. Like it's every single in- industry is just so easily corrupted. So I just don't see government as being the answer. You know, I think that, yes, definitely there need to be measures taken to help protect people. I don't see those solutions coming from government because I just don't think they're good at what they do. I see those solutions coming from really well-trusted third parties who go in and review things. You have, um, I know that a friend of mine, Crystal Rose, is part of an ICO um, like quality assurance uh, company uh, or organization where they've gotten top people from the space and uh, they assess, you know, what do we think of this ICO? Are these actually good people? What What are they doing? People like that, I trust way more than I ever would a government stamp of approval because I've just seen that government stamp being corrupted way too many times for me to trust it. But I will trust people who I know are respectable in the industry, who've been in it for a long time, who understand what they're talking about. And I trust their opinions. And before I you know, get involved With anything, like I get asked all the time to be advisors on this and do a video on this, and you know, whatever. And and I've got to be so careful because I don't want to be that person who goes out there and promotes something that ends up being some ridiculous, awful scam. I don't want to be that person, so I rely on my friends who know a lot more than I do. I rely on them so heavily, and I think that the more organisations with respectable people we can set up, the safer this space is going to be. I
0: agree. The the difficulty that we've got is Twitter and Facebook. Um, They seem to get in the way of pro in a sense uh, and what i mean by this is you know you talk about trust okay trust is uh, you know the beautiful blockchain is it's a trustless system it's, it's one of the best things about it um the, the, with the blockchain but Look, i mean you trust people you know what you're looking for you know these people you know little james smart comes in and he's like oh, i want to buy crypto goes on to youtube and goes on to uh, facebook and goes on to twitter and finds you know you know Uh, Doomdog445, uh, uh, who's got 500,000 followers on Twitter. Now, the millennials especially, people seem to think that people with a following therefore means they're good at something, which we know does not mean anything (laughs) at all. Yeah. Someone who's got lots of followers doesn't mean they're any good at things. It means they're good at getting followers and uh, you know putting content out for a certain group of people. Now, how do these people differentiate between Adam and Eve? Now, how do we know that you're someone that we can trust, but this person's not? And this is the this is the bit. It, there needs to be some sort of central. Oh, there's that word. I know it's a, I know it's a dirty word. <laughs> but a a, a central word. body. Right, a central body where where people can turn to, that is it is known as being the respected place, right, if you want to go, uh, if you want to know how to trade, then you these are the people in the space that are going to help you if you want to know about ICO projects, these are the people, and, and, and sort of break it down into a, a, a bit of a pie that, that shows people here are respected names I don't know if that exists, and if it does I need to market harder because I don't know I think that's how we can avoid the government side of things, but also give people an understanding for who can trust, because out there in the big Bad worldwide internet land where acronyms are used and human beings aren't human beings—they're just computerized, you know, uh, voices. It's not you know the person that's that you're chatting to that's calling you all sorts of names. You meet them in the street; they probably buy your you know, a coffee. It, it, it's a wild, wild world. So we've got to find a place where people can go confidently to do their research. Rather, than, and it is very wild westish uh, when we look at social media. We, we need something like that. I think that's a really important thing to bring up. Now, while I've got you as well, you brought up the. Magic word. You said two things. You said Ron Paul. You interviewed Ron Paul. How is Ron Paul in person?
1: Oh, he's he's so wonderful. That guy is my hero. He is um, one of the probably the only person I know of in politics with uh, integrity, who's afraid to, you know, not afraid to stand up for what he believes in. And it just breaks my heart to look at the state of affairs and politics all mm. over the world. Um, the type of people that get voted in and someone like, like Ron Paul is, uh, is just not they you know it's um yeah. he, he was wonderful he is is so quick of the mark still you know he's he's getting old right and he is just as lucid as ever he um is just was just delightful and generous with his time so it was it was a real pleasure to get to hang out with him i, I went to the satoshi roundtable um in cancun and so i got to hang out with him for a few days straight wow. and just chat with him and it was it was an amazing experience
0: that's that's so cool you know, you know, it's quite funny you just sort of say you know why people like you know why aren't people like him getting voted in it comes back to what I just said social bloody media you make it easy for dumb people to make stupid decisions because of misinformation you get dumb people it's that simple um, you know he, he seems to be a really good guy he, he seems to be switched on I like to know um, you know, I I like to sit down and chew the fat with somebody. I like to meet somebody. Like, you know, I think it's important to feel someone out, Uh, not literally because that's creepy, but (laughs) when you see somebody, you speak to somebody. Now, I'm talking to you now. I know you're a good person because, you know, I know some of the people that you're involved with. uh, And, you know, you just seem like a bloody good person. But, like, to sit down, like, to talk with you, to to be face-to-face, to to see your body language, it it makes a big difference. And uh, it's good to know that, uh, that you dig the big Ron Paul.
1: He's uh no he's a good good guy i think it's um the, it, it's important to have people around you who also have good filtering systems because mm-hmm. as you said you need good you need good systems in your life so you know who to trust and um there could be weaknesses all over the place someone who's just you know facebook friends everyone and, yeah. and you know oh well so and so has 37 friends in common they're probably good you just you've got to be more diligent than that <laughs> you know this as you said this is space there are a lot of scammers out there um you just you've just got to be careful you got to be really really disciplined with that.
0: So let's do this. What's the most exciting thing in the space for you right now?
1: Oh, well, for me personally, I'm involved with a really exciting project. Uh, I'm producing a television series called The Hard Fork. And um, and it's this sci-fi thriller, an eight-part series that, um, that looks at blockchain tech mm. and Kind of th- the dark side of it as well. So it's this world where the governments become anonymized. It's this authoritarian dictatorship. Everything is censored. Everything happens on chain, so everything is monitored. And uh, and then this group of renegades comes along and and tries to decentralize everything. So that for me, hands down, is the most exciting thing that I'm working on right now. We've got an amazing team. Our directors, you know, Sundance alumni. We've got Christopher James Baker, who was in, uh, he was one of the, the main guys in Ozark. And, and True Detective, and it just it's just been such a fun project to be a part of, and it's um, like it's a multi- multi-million dollar series as well. So this is probably going to be the first mainstream series that actually looks at a world run by blockchain tech. So it's been pretty cool to explore that idea.
0: And is it going to be uh, like a Silicon Valley-type giggle show with a bit of hard-hitting points? Not at all, no.
1: It's going to be gritty, Um, gritty sci-fi thriller. So think Blade uh, Runner-type visuals.
0: Jeez, that's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's been a really exciting journey for us. And also, I mean, I just I actually published an article in Forbes uh, not too long ago talking about our fundraising process as well. So we've been trying to raise all of our capital through crypto. Yeah. And yeah, that has been awesome. So we raised all of our incubation money on Steemit. Uh, like 30k just like putting out content the community likes it we get upvoted we get more money we put that money back into production we put something else out our community grows you know it gets upvoted again and so we just kind of grew from that very organic grassroots um uh stage and and then from there we, we built out a, t- a trailer we debuted it at Steamfest in lisbon uh, last year it got re- it was really well received to the point where we have people on steamer who are now making us fan art people who like, this very uh-huh. decentralized process who want to be part of this and it was amazing to to meet some of those people in lisbon at Steamfest, fest actually see the people who've been creating art for us just for free you know just hey we want to be part of this this is cool here's this thing i came up with uh, and then from there we went on we put in a dash proposals so we raised um What was at the time close to a million dollars through Dash, which was just amazing. We've got awesome people on our advisory board. So Jason King is on our advisory board. Uh, Bruce Fenton's on our advisory board. We just yeah, it's um, it's been a really exciting journey for this show. That
0: is really really excuse me. That is really cool to hear that um, the blockchain and and the cryptocurrency is being used for more than just what we're seeing on a day-to-day swing, Um, actually practically helping a different form um, through the use of – it's fantastic because it links in with the show as well. So the people that are involved in it from the higher level all the way through to whatever level, are all involved in the show, but also the story of that they're actually living and breathing it, which is which is brings a lot more credibility. To
1: yeah, that. absolutely, and it's um interesting. So I I was asked by Screen West um here to give a talk on fundraising through crypto because it really is a changing world. We've actually documented how we've done everything with this show so that others could follow in our footsteps. But um, the more artists who learn about the power of blockchain tech and cryptocurrency, um, the more I I mean, they're just going to see the value of decentralization. They're going to see the value of being able to fundraise um, in a way that doesn't require asking for permission to make something. You know, we have so many gatekeepers in in the film industry at the moment. You have Hollywood, which is just... Airtight, You know, it's hard to rake in there. Um, everything's very clicky. You've got to know people in order to get uh, seen by producers. And it's just hard to get things done, you know. And what cryptocurrency does is it frees up capital. Um, it makes things it p- things easy to access. Uh, it sort of democratizes the space, if you will. And that's a really exciting place to be. So I I look forward to a new wave of, um, of entertainment out there that is leveraged this new technology, I think it's it's setting us up for a really exciting next few years.
0: I think it is. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. I love about the space is that um, you know it. it, it it provides a new world of funding, uh, and a new. it brings new tech, uh, and that's fantastic, but for a lot of businesses that uh, struggle to, to raise because they've got to go to VCs or they just don't have the right network or whatever, it's opening the doors now for people. You've got to be relatively savvy. You've got to know what's up. But look, if you're, not, if you're getting into business and you don't really know what's up, then you probably shouldn't be getting into business in the first place, so the path of being in business and being an entrepreneur or whatever it is that you do. It's, it's about being able to think on your feet, and this is a wonderful one of the platform at the moment to help bring more competition. For example, we we are seeing where the blockchain can make things faster. We know that. It can make things easier. We know that. It can give you access to things that are yours. We know that. But it also allows people and companies to raise in a way that allows them to have instant access to what they need. But it also can help drop the prices for things for people. So we're seeing the competition into business offering the consumer uh, a more transparent way of doing things and often a faster, more efficient and cheaper way. That's why I think that this technology, you know, people just talk about block. They talk about Bitcoin, right? And they, they go, oh, blockchain, and they, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then people go, what do you think about Ripple? Because that's the third one that people talk about, right? But yeah. they, they don't understand the ecosystem that has been um, evolving and it continues to evolve. Um, sure, there are some shitheads out there that are ripping people off. That, I mean, look, all you've got to do is go into Wall Street, you'll see about a thousand of them every single day having lunch.
1: <laughs> you know, right, exactly.
0: Nothing's changed. The space is just open for everybody
1: now yeah no for sure and that's the thing we've got to remember is that they're just scammers all through life you know to think that um to think we can be protected from all of that mm-hmm. is naive you know we we definitely can't try as the government may they're gonna they could try and regulate everything they can't protect us from these scammers no matter how much they try they don't have the knowledge they don't have the resources something you know they're easily corruptible um all sorts of mitigating um reasons so you're just got to go through life and just be careful. You will get scammed. It's inevitable. You've just got to be careful and um, try the best that you can.
0: Manage your risk and be educated. I've, I've said this before. What the, a little fund that I set up in London, I, I remember this lesson very, very well. Uh, the father, he, he was a fa- that was basically a private family. Uh, the father actually said, no, they had all the money in the world, right? He said, look, the one thing that I can uh, I like to invest in is my children's education because no matter what you know they can someone can take their money from their bank account, someone can take the watch off their wrist, somebody can steal their car, someone can burn down their house, but they can never take away what's in their head. Education is right. a tool that you buy once and you keep for life. And I think that a lot of people people say, oh, it's too expensive to do this or I'll learn it myself. And that's a wonderfully uh, naive way of thinking. Um, I'll put my hand up and say that I did that. When I first started trading many, many years ago, I thought, you know, oh, I've, I've run a business before, I've, I've had little successes, so therefore I'll just pick it up and learn to trade and think on the fly. It doesn't work that way. You, you, you're going to need to learn from people that have done it in the past. And um, education, you know, it's the same with a, a good lawyer. You know, if you're going to go to court because you've done something wrong or you've been accused of doing something wrong, if you've got access to have any, you know, representation that money can buy. Are you going to go for the person that costs you an absolute fortune, who's the best? Or are you going to cut your corners and go for low-balling low and low-budget person? You're going to go for the best. So education is such an integral part of your responsibility to yourself and your development in life full stop, no matter what it is you want to be doing. Now, if you do want to get into this space, you're going to need it. Now, whether it be from me, from, from you, from anybody else, just understand people that are listening right now. You need to listen. You need to learn. Because I can tell you right now, I don't know everything. Neither does Naomi. We are constantly learning. We're constantly evolving. And you're only as good as the work you put into yourself. So just, I think the education helps people to not be fraught, not be scammed. i, I thankfully touch one in this world, have not yet, but I have in other areas. So I've definitely yeah. invested in stocks that have gone badly. It's well, just I mean-
1: that's why I. That's why I started my channel in 2013. I started interviewing people in the blockchain space because at that time Bitcoin was not a household world, word. I would do man of street interviews where I'd ask people, "Have you heard of Bitcoin?" And for years and years, no one had. No one. Had, no one had even heard of it. Um, and. Then I was looking at people like Bill Gates putting out testimonials, mm-hmm. saying, "You know, this is a this is a revolution that's going to change the world," and um, and I was just thinking, "Wow, there's just a huge divide between people who don't know anything about it and the people who are getting on board early, who are you know being able to take advantage of their knowledge um, and and leverage that." And I wanted to provide a bridge you know and the biggest the, the best bridge i could provide is one of education because it's really it's really hard to understand this tech is hard to understand and um and it's very technical and it's complicated so i wanted to provide a vehicle to Help educate people who weren't so techie. You know, I'm not a techie person. That's not my background. You know, my background is economics and acting Mm -hmm. and music, actually. (laughs) So um, so for me to be able to understand the tech and help impart some of that knowledge, that was what was important to me, to help onboard people and to say, hey, look, this is this thing that's going to revolutionize the world. And now it's a different landscape. You know, now Bitcoin is a household name. Everyone's heard of it. People still don't understand it, though. And there are a lot of scammers out there. So, now I'm hoping that what I'm providing is a, a platform for people to uh, to become acquainted with new projects, to see what's out there, how this tech is being applied, um, to chat with CEOs, you know, just just learn who's in the space and um, how they got started and what they're building. I think all of that's really valuable for people as they go and explore this world because it is a confusing world and um, and it's hard to know where to look. So, yeah, that's, that's why I got involved just because I wanted to help educate as best that I could, you know?
0: You know what? That's exactly the reason I got involved. Like I said earlier, for me, I came into the space as an investor, as a trader. Uh, and as I was doing my education, as I was learning about the space, um, I was actually looking at things and going, wow, this is crap. There is a lot of idiots out there that, you know, I mean, that's a bit harsh. They People don't know what they don't know. You know, if you've, been, if, if you've been riding a bike for one year, you're gonna know how to bunny hop. If you've been riding a bike for 10 years, you can probably do a backflip if that's the way you ride your bike, right? So <laughs> when you start out, you, you just don't really know it. And what I was seeing is that people that have been training for a year or two, will be, they'll have done very, very well. And they'll have a massive good following. They'll think that, okay, I, this all works now. That's where I coined the phrase, you know, even a turkey can fly in a hurricane. Because as long as you bought something, <laughs> you make money, right? That was as simple as that. I decided yeah. that I was gonna bring uh, my systemized approach to this space because it didn't really have um what i consider to be uh, you know uh somebody who it's very my, my approach is simplified it's straightforward it, it's keep it simple stupid and i've been trading it for for over a decade it's worked for me so again the same sort of thing i i had no desire to become a commentator in this market. I had no desire to be, you know, produce, producing courses to help other people do it. Now that I'm doing it, I'm having a bloody great time and the feedback I'm getting is amazing because I'm helping people. Yeah, so i got a business that's making money too. That's great. But the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, we, we kind of, when, we, people, when I say we, people like us, we, we accidentally get a voice. Uh, and when we accidentally get a voice, we've got to be very responsible to ourselves, to the community, to our followers, but to the greater space. Because what we say and what we do can give people, I mean, you know, we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening to this right now. From all over the world, what we say to these people might point them in the right direction to make a decision that may change their life forever. And I carry a great deal of responsibility with that.
1: Yeah, no, it's. Um, I wish there were more people in the space <laughs> like yeah. you. I see a lot of people just pumping things, uh, yeah. shilling things. And um, I mean, you get, that's going to happen. Um, so it's important to have people out there who believe in what they're doing and who have some sort of integrity, which is, is hard to come by in any industry, to be honest.
0: John McAfee, good or bad?
1: John McAfee's crazy. Um, he's, uh, whether he's good or bad, oh gosh, I don't even know that. Uh, I got to know him because he ran for presidency. We had him on the show. Um, on the Stossel show in 2016 in our libertarian debate, and so I got I got to understand him. His his policies, like he seemed to believe in more freedom for people. Um, so that was interesting. His I also got to know him through like the the comfort scene, so getting to mm. <coughs> hang out with him. Uh, in Bucharest, for example. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I know him well enough to make that assessment and I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to get put out information out there that... Um, that would be misleading in any way so i'll just say that is he's, he's crazy he's a lot of fun i don't know whether you know whether his opinions are something you should follow you gotta you know ask smarter people than me <laughs> oh
0: <that>. cop <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs> right, let me ask you this question then Are pump and dumps good or bad
1: bad okay. of course there we go.
0: like that all right.
1: Good. <laughs> <I think they're laughs> kind of
0: All right. Cool. Cool. Hey, look, um, it's been amazing having you on the show. I really appreciate it. I ask, ask every guest each time I've got somebody on the show here for one final question. That question is, for somebody who's new getting into the space right now, Naomi, what would be the things that you would suggest to them to look out for, to do, to read? What would be your advice for somebody who's thinking about getting into crypto but is not quite sure about what to do just yet?
1: hmm you'll have a lot of people trying to sell you the new greatest thing um say like get on board early this is gonna skyrocket no one knows what's gonna skyrocket and what isn't so (laughs) if they're trying to sell you that don't don't listen to that um I would also say that there are a lot of people out there trying to obfuscate what they're doing. So the first sign of a, of a scam, you know, if you ask them to explain something and it sounds too good to be true, but then you ask them to explain the tech and then suddenly it seems really complicated and they sort of brush over how it actually works. Be very careful of that as well. (laughs) You know, if people who are involved in this should know this inside and out, if they can't explain it to you well, in a way that you can understand, they probably don't know what they're talking about. So just, um, just, just be careful. There are some really, really sophisticated scammers in this space as well. So just make sure that you understand fully what you're getting involved with, not just think you understand and make sure that, you know, if you, you had to explain it to someone else, you could explain it to them, right? And maybe that's a good way to start. Uh, if you want to get involved with something, figure it out, then try to explain it to someone else. If, you, if the other person doesn't understand it from your explanation or they have questions that you can't answer, just hold off. You just just be, be careful and um, don't feel you need to, you know, don't, don't succumb to this fear of missing out, uh, bollocks. I think that um, you, you should be very diligent with, with your research in this space.
0: I think that's damn good information. And finally, Naomi Brockwell, where can the listeners find more about you from you what mediums
1: which be best um so i'm on a bunch of decentralized platforms and centralized platforms i be, i grow increasingly wary of the centralized ones especially given that google uh, facebook twitter they're all shutting down accounts related to cryptocurrency and um and blockchain tech so i although i am on youtube you can go to um youtube.com slash naomi brockwell tv i have a channel there um i'm also on dtube uh, I'm on Steemit. If you look up Sky Corridors, S-K-Y-C-O-R-R-I-D-O-R-S, um, you'll be able to find me on those platforms. Um I'm on BitChute, which is another decentralised video platform. Uh, there are, Yeah, there are lots of ways to find me. I basically post my content across all of those. And you can also find me at hardforkentertainment.io uh, for the new television series that I'm producing.
0: That is very exciting. Thank you so much for being on the show. That was probably one of the easiest conversations I've uh, had. And um, it was a <laughs> Glad to hear
1: it. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: No worries. And uh, hopefully we can catch up over in Consensus in New York in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, very excited to that. I will be emceeing Consensus. So just come by the stage and uh, you'll see me there. I'll be
0: a fanboy. Thanks very much for being on the show. <laughs> I look forward to everything you're putting out going forward. It's been a pleasure. I'll speak to you again in the future. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out tradercobb.com because experience matters.